chapter of What is for Magic by Laurie Farian Solari. I know it's been a while. It's it was April when I read the fourth chapter, but today is the day that we will be continuing on this story and maybe a straight off episode that is just covering this book because I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to read this, but I've been into other stories lately. So yeah, just. I have just not recorded it on time, but anyway, let us just start with the episode. My day goes by in an absolute blur. After a night packed with enough chaos and conflict to fill up an entire season of daytime drama, the classes seem almost incidental. I mean, how am I supposed to focus on French and astronomy when everything seems to be crumbling to pieces all around me? And yet, if I don't start buckling down, the chances of me getting into a halfway decent college will be slim to none. That's why I've decided to make an actual attempt at studying tonight. That and because I've managed to find myself sleepless once again, it's not that I can't sleep, I just don't want to. Every time I feel myself nodding off, I get that sour feeling in the pit of my stomach. Like, I'm going to be sick. So, while Drea and Amber sleep soundly in their beds, I sit out here, in the common room, pounding away at my bio notes, hoping the words in bold will somehow cosmically soak into my brain. Except I can't stop thinking about last night. My grandmother's white candle resting in my lap. I close my eyes and picture the letter M, red and splattered. The way it appeared against the window glass. I I guess I realized that someone could have been playing yet another stupid prank or maybe it was meant for someone else. Some sort of private joke that has absolutely nothing to do with me. Or for Amber's theory, maybe I really was funkified. It's true. I was beyond the point of exhaustion last night. Or should I say the wee hours of this morning? (laughs) I could have imagined the whole thing. And I know I I sometimes dream about things that have little to no relevance to real life, but I know in my heart none of that is true. I know that marking was there. I felt it. I saw it. And I know it was meant for me. I bring the candle up to my nose and whisper the letter M over and over again, hoping the magical elements of the whiteness will help lead me in the right direction. It feels good just holding the candle, having it close to me. It's mystery. It's mysticism. Almost as if my coming across it so suddenly was my grandmother's way of showing or telling me something. I reach into my pencil case for a red marker and dip the tip into my mug of water. The red ink begins to filter across the surface in fluffy, cloud-like shapes, turning the water a slight pinkish color. 
move into the pantry and stand in front of the sink. The window above the faucet is similar to the one downstairs in the boiler room. I draw a giant M across it, trying my best to make it look messy, the way it did downstairs. The water helps, causing the bright red lines to bleed down the glass. I stare at it, hard, trying my best to concentrate, hoping the duplication will promote some sort of insight. And still, the words that flash across my mind are the ones I fear the most. Mara and murder. I feel my chin quiver. I grab a paper towel to wipe up my mess. The marker lifts quite easily, leaving the glass completely clear. All except for a face reflecting right at me. I gasp and turn around. It's Drea. Couldn't sleep? She asks. I let out my breath. And you scared me. Sorry, she says. What are you doing? Studying? Really? She crunches crunches up her lips. Kind of hard to study when you're washing windows. I look down at the paper towel in my hand. Splatched with red and crumpled it up so she doesn't see this this thing. You're right, I couldn't sleep. Not a total lie after all. Oh? Her face wrinkles up in temptation. I thought that maybe you might be out here talking to Chad. And what if I was? Nothing, she says, twirling a lot of bland lug of bland around her French manicured fingers. I just had a homework question to ask him. No big deal. I nod, even though I know she's completely lying. After my not-so-tickled reaction to his visit last night, I say, I'm pretty sure it'll be a while before he makes another unannounced appearance. He isn't mad at you, is he? Drea asks, probing further. I shrug. Even though I noticed he was definitely distant with me today, it was just after hockey practice when I saw him and he was still with his teammates. But he was all, hey what's up, I'll talk to you later. Like he was talking to any other girl. And I'm not just any other girl, I'm the girlfriend. I need to study, I say, choosing not to discuss this with Drea of all people. She takes the hint and turns on a bare heel to go back into the room. Meanwhile, I fill the kettle with water from the pot and set it on the stove for a cup of tea. Maybe a dose of caffeine will help me focus better, help me to get some studying done once and for all. I flop back into the lazy chair and make an effort to read over the stuff I've highlighted. But I'm so completely tired. I lay my head back against the cushion and close my eyes, imagining thick and velvety rose petals lying over my eyelids, imagining myself sleeping into a steamy hot bath, sprinkled with chamomile petals, with lavender incense, smokes, and the sound of rain 
The door to the hallway bathroom slammed shut, snapping me back to reality. I wonder who else is up at this hour. I peek toward the hallway with the rooms on the opposite side of the common area, but the doors are closed. I shake away the urge to snooze and resume my reading, trying to predict which questions Mr. Milan will ask during his discussion. Wondering if he'll give us another pop quiz. I hear shower valves squeak on. I turn a page to peruse the review questions at the end of the chapter, and then I hear something else. A loud cracking sound coming from the bathroom, followed by a giant thud. The hum of the water hitting against the, fl- the shower floor continues. I reposition myself in the chair and make an effort to resume my work. But I can't concentrate and not until I know for sure everything's okay. I flip my boot closed and creep across the wooden floor toward the bathroom. The bathroom light doesn't even look like it's on. The crack at the bottom of the door is dark. I press my ear up to the door but I don't hear anything. Just the water as it showers down the nozzle. Concentrating on the sound, I notice that the steam of water sounds hard as it hits the tile floor, as though nothing interrupts its path, as though no one's even there. I knock, res- no response, and so I knock again. Hello? Who's in there? Still no response. I try the door. It's locked. I stand there a few moments trying to figure out what to do. I suppose I could have Amber pick the lock since she's good at that. Or I could bother Keegan again and ask for help. I knock a few times, trying to concentrate on the image inside trying to picture one of the girls brushing her hair or shaving her legs, but I just can't. My mind's eye can't see anyone in there. I hurry back into the pantry, pull a honeydew fork from the utensil drawer, and then stick it into the bathroom lock. I jiggle it back and forth, listening to the prongs as they scratch against the metal interior. The whistle of the teapot screams from the stove. I just need another minute. I continue to maneuver the fork into the lock for several seconds until I'm able to nozzle deep into a crevice. I turn it, click. Shaking now, I place my hand around the knob, turn the switch, the light switch on, and push the door wide open. Veronica Lehman, who died last year. Her body sprawled out on the floor, just like it had been the night I found her. Blood running from her head where Donovan hit her. Her deep moss green eyes stared right up at me, disappointed that I couldn't save her. My breath 
weakens puffing out my my mouth last words in my chest I don't know if I'm going to cry or be sick instead I hear myself scream a long piercing squeal that burns out my throat the scream wakes me up out of sound sleep out of an out of another nightmare It takes a few seconds for reality to check in. I'm still in the common room. Still sitting in the same light green concrete corduroy chair. My biology notebook opened up on my chest. The white candle sitting in my lap. Doors swing open all around me. Girls on the floor rush from their rooms to see if I'm okay. To see what happened. They're standing all around me asking me all sorts of questions. Their lips moving cheeks puffing, hands on hips, eyebrows moving up and down, I, but I don't hear them, because I'm still shaking, still paralyzed by what I saw, it was just so real, Veronica Lehman's eyes, one girl, Trish Kaboon, I think, goes to the stove and saw he's the screaming cabinet. Keegan kneels down in front of me. She looks at her watch, rubs my forearm, and then nods some words. But all I can do is look to Dre and Amber who push their way through everyone. It appears as, as though Dre is giving some explanation, and then Amber tails it with something funny. I can tell from the way she is getting everyone to laugh. Drea takes my hand and leads me out through the crowd, back into the room, all the way moving her mouth wide as though shouting out all over all their voices. They close the door, and then she and Amber tuck me back into bed, each taking a place beside me while I burrow myself into the covers and picture Veronica's eyes. scary <laughs> not really uh, I mean it's a scary image to think of um, just imagine I'm reading it at night <laughs> at night time and I'm not the best person to do this but yeah I forgot that the episode is quite scary or I mean the chapter is quite scary but I read it so I'll just be continuing on to chapter 6 which will be uploaded tomorrow um yeah just so I can erase that kind of image in my head so that is it I will not be I think I I don't have anything much to say because it just gives us more of like a background of how much has I mean how many incidents we haven't really heard of since the story because white is for magic I think it's not the first book here there's a lot of candles and other colors of yeah colored candles in Laurie Laurie Farley's book so um, yeah let us just continue on to the next chapter and I hope to be seeing or yeah I hope you can hear me tomorrow again so I'll be recording it